Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. And thank you for all the new ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Keep them coming. I appreciate them so much. Follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground and check out my metaphysical products at freespiritpodcast.com to support this podcast. I was a guest on an outstanding podcast called Life Got in the Way. It's such a good podcast, you guys, where Lightworker host Nikki C interviews guests on how life got in the way for them, including their dreams and their goals and how they're getting back on track. I mean, who really can't relate to that, right? We can all relate to that. We had an amazing conversation on soul purpose and just a warning, the theme music is addictive. It's it's in my head all the time now. So good job on that, Nikki. So check it out. Life got in the way and the link will be in the show notes. Today's topic is giving yourself grace. Whew, this has been a big one for me. I feel like I always come on and I say, oh man, this has been a big one for me, but man, this week has been just a learning lesson and Source just loves to give me lessons to learn from. I never stop learning. This podcast will never be over, as I always say, and it's it's just been really interesting gathering all this information this week and then disseminating it to you. So let's start with last week. I discussed this a little bit, but I want to discuss it a little more. Last week, I got the J&J vaccine and I'm now in day 10 after the vaccine. And I think yesterday I finally turned the corner. So for the past two days, I've been doing much better. But I was still really sick up until Saturday night. I had a fever. I was feeling terrible. I couldn't pick my head off the pillow Saturday night. It was just it was just a really bad night. In fact, my friend came over and he did a photo shoot at the house and I wanted to say goodbye to him, but I just I couldn't. I was in that bad of a place physically. And what happened is I was told if you had COVID previously, then when you get the vaccine, you may experience all those symptoms all over again. And except, knock on wood, I'm going to knock on wood here, so if you hear it, uh, except for the respiratory symptoms, thank God, because that felt like an elephant was stepping on my chest when I had COVID, I have been just raging through the symptoms. Uh, one day is a really bad fever. Next day is I really can't taste or smell. Next day is... You get the point. We all know the symptoms. So it's been definitely eight days of that. And it's been very, very hard on my body. And we all know that I'm going through a health issue. So that got compounded. (laughs) It's just been a lot lately. And I just want to explain to people why I got the vaccine, because a lot of people may be wondering, because I've told people before, I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on getting it, but then I changed my mind. And by the way, I just again, I said this last week, wherever you are with COVID and the vaccine, I respect all of it. So I know it's a very personal decision to get the vaccine. So wherever you are in that spectrum, I respect it. As for me, I live in New York State. New York City started to do a lot of restrictions and they're starting to be enforced. So, for example, in the city, you cannot go to a gym 
an indoor restaurant or an event without proof of vaccination. Now, where I live is a couple hours above the city, and it's a place where a lot of New Yorkers live, a lot of I'm city people. So they have their second houses or because of COVID, they moved up here and they're still going back to the city a lot. So my prediction is we're going to start having those vaccination restrictions up here. I really think that's going to happen. The town that I'm associated with or I live in, they're big into vaccinating. They're, they're, they're pushing it pretty hard. So that is my prediction. And I wanted to get the J&J vaccine and I want to make sure there was plenty of it because if they start doing these restrictions, which again, I think they're going to do, then they're going to start running out of, you know, your preferential vaccine. So that's why I ended up doing it. Am I happy I did it? Eh. Like I'm not happy or unhappy. I'm just... You know, I'm glad I get to go to the Omega Institute, right? Because the Omega Institute is near me. Uh, every, if anyone knows that, the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies, it's very metaphysical. In fact, who was there? Donna Eden was just there this past weekend. Uh, Tony Stockwell's there. Laura Lynn Jackson's there. Those type of people. So it's extremely metaphysical. So I'm glad that now because I'm vaccinated, I get to go to the cafe and the bookstore and walk on campus. And I love doing that. And I love being an Omega member. So, you know, that was one of the perks of being vaccinated. I'll be honest with you. I, again, was not doing well. I mean, really badly. And on Saturday morning, Things were so bad that when I woke up, I had to crawl into the bathroom. I was in so much pain. I couldn't even lift myself up to walk. And that's how bad it was. And I helped co-moderate, or I was asked to help co-moderate a light language room in Clubhouse, which was such an honor for me because I love the moderators. They're wonderful human beings. They're the most compassionate, loveliest human beings. And I hold them in such high esteem that, of course, the first time I'm asked to moderate, I don't want to say I can't. So I had a decision to make, and I didn't know what to do because I was moderating. By the way, that room is at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Clubhouse. It's called The Ancient Ones or Call to the Ancient Ones, and it's fantastic. We get a lot of people. So I had to be on my game. You know, I had to be on my game. I had to be obviously lucid and and coherent and the whole nine yards and here I am feeling not so great and I didn't know what to do so we had a little co-moderating meeting beforehand and I decided that I, I just can't hide this I have to be honest what happens if I am in so much pain I can't speak and they're calling on me to speak or something like that so I said okay you know what? I, I have to make a decision here. So I told the co-moderators who are, the, again, the nicest, loveliest people and, of course, are the most supportive. And I said, listen, I, I can't. I said this, actually. I said, I can't hide this anymore. I am in so much pain. I am in incredible amounts of pain. I'm going to help you co-moderate, but uh, I may need, you know, to not talk as much or whatever. And they, of course, totally understood. And it was actually really helpful to me to come clean. You know, it was, it was like, oh, oh my God, I'm coming clean. I'm not hiding this. It's, it felt nice. And their reactions were so supportive, right? 
So anyway, I did the room and it actually went really well. I swear the light language healed me because I was really good during the room and I actually did end up talking a good amount. So that made me very, very happy. Now at the same time, I'm dealing with something else. And if anyone saw my Instagram last week, I bought a book at Omega. It's called the Emotional Eating Workbook. I will put it in the show notes. So far, I'm probably a quarter of the way in and I was walking in the Omega bookstore. And if anyone's been to the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, and seen that bookstore, man, it is kid in a candy shop. It is dangerous. I can go in there and blow $200 like it's nothing. And I'm not someone who does that, but I can just go to town and I think I went in there and blew around 150 Yes, <laughs> you know you like something you pick it up by the way this book was not $150 I bought other things but this book was sitting on the edge of you know those shelves where it has the books that they want to stand out and showcase and it was just calling my name I buy the book I take it home and I'm working on it and what I'm realizing is I'm an emotional eater And I never associated myself quite with that only because out of naivete, I associated being an emotional eater with weight and I don't have a weight problem. In fact, right now I am down to a weight that I'm not even going to say out loud. I'm not happy with it. I'm trying to get it back up. But, you know, so, so if you look at me from the outside, you would say, no way, she's an emotional eater. But I have learned in the past week that it really doesn't have to do with weight in the sense that a lot of emotional eaters that I've quote unquote met on Clubhouse because I went into this emotional eating room, they're thin. They're like me. They're very thin people. So it was it was comforting to find that out and to know that. But doing the workbook, I discovered that, yeah, I'm a binger. You know, when I'm having a bad moment, I binge. I never could classify it, which you think you could easily classify it. But when (laughs) you're talking about yourself, we all have our blind spots, right? We can't see what's in front of us. We can see what the other person is going through. We can say, hey, you're a binge eater. Hey, you're an emotional eater. But to ourselves, it's a lot harder. So I'm realizing that I'm not only a binger, but I've talked about this many times that I've been hiding food. You know, I hid chocolate under my bed, as I've said many times, to deal with the trauma since four years old. Now I realize I've been hiding food so much more. It's so much more than that. And I use my car as a really good way to hide food and a really good way to binge. I had to come to grips with that and say, yeah, this is who I am. I always understood the person who, when I would watch a documentary or a TV show about someone who was very overweight and how they would go from, let's say, the McDonald's drive through and get a meal, and then they go to Burger King and get a meal, and then they go to Wendy's and get a meal. I, I understood that personality 100%. And then by the end of it, they'd have five meals and binge in their car. I, I understand that personality. I know a lot of people who aren't emotional eaters don't understand it and they don't understand the logic well they're thinking of it logically but again we're talking about it it's emotional it's not logical if I had the logical in me I would stop with one square of chocolate right it's not it's an emotional thing so I always understood that personality when other people were like I don't get it that's so weird I I totally understood it 
I think after so many years of hiding my binging and hiding food and having a binge, you know, in private, definitely in my car, that I become a really good hider, really good hider, which I'm not saying out of pride. I'm saying that as a really bad thing. I've read articles and I've listened to podcasts where people have been drug addicts and their spouses never knew because they were so good at hiding it. And again, I understand that. I'm the master hider. So I totally understand that. And I finally talked about the whole binging thing with my husband last week, you know, because I'm doing this workbook. So I want to be honest and open. And he says to me, oh, my God, you eat so healthy. You're so tiny. I've never seen you overeat on anything. You don't overeat. And I said, yeah, because I don't do it in front of you. I would never do it in front of anyone. It's a private thing. And I think in that instance, he got it. I could tell by the look on his face, he got it. He said, okay, I get it now. I was thinking about what else I used to hide or I've been hiding. And definitely right now I'm trying, you know, you guys know about the pain, right? You, you guys know I'm in not so great physical pain right now. I don't want to come on this podcast and sound like a 90-year-old and say, oh my God, let's talk about my aches and pains every episode. So I try to, you know, definitely not go into that. But you guys know, I share with my listeners. But you know what? When it comes to certain people in my life, everything's great. I'm doing great. Life is great. I'm just fine. I'm, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm great. I was the master of doing it in my 20s. My 20s was not a fun time for me and by the way this is normal a lot of people I think would say a lot of a lot of you guys would be like yeah my 20s sucked the 20s are hard they're not easy and by the way for any listeners that are going through things right now in really tough times in their 20s and you're listening to this it's normal you're going to get through it. You're going to be happy that you learn those life lessons so early on. So just stay strong, do what you can, and, and listen to the advice at the end of this episode is all I have to say. But I was in a place in 2004 where I was in such a bad place personally and professionally. I did not sleep for two weeks and I had to go under psychiatric care. That was terrifying. That was that was a really, you know, just bringing myself back there. I'm like, wow, that, that was a really scary place to be. But I did get out of it. You know, I did survive it and I did get out of it. But guess what? If my family called during that time, guess what I would say? Everything's good. I'm loving Boston. My relationship is great. We're happy. My job is great. All BS. All BS. Because I just became so trained to hide things. And now I'm finding with this physical condition, my natural instinct was to hide again, was to start hiding again. And where did I pick this up? Yeah, obviously I picked it up from my trauma and the whole thing. We, we all know that. Love my parents, great parents, but whenever they had a health issue, they do not want anyone to know. I would get in trouble if I uttered a word to anyone that they had a health issue. So I have just learned from not only myself, but also from my parents. I've been conditioned not to say anything. And years of doing that, it really takes a toll on you, right? It really builds up. 
all that hiding. So then I thought about what would happen if a friend came clean to me. Let's say I had a friend who was hiding something, right? And they said to me, I can't take it anymore. I can't live like this. I know I look like I'm living the perfect life. My marriage is an absolute mess. My husband and I haven't had sex in, you know, six months. We're having massive financial problems. We just found out my daughter is on the autistic spectrum, you know, whatever. Yet on Instagram, I'm seeing this image of the perfect family, right? And finally, this person comes to me and confesses to me, what would my response be? Well, my response would be empathetic. I would probably say to them, listen, just give yourself a minute. You can talk to me for the next two hours. We can walk and talk. We can, you know, keep ordering food and sitting in this cafe, whatever you want. I'm here for you. I won't say a word. If you want to tell me everything, invent everything, and I won't say anything to anyone, I would have that response. I would be very empathetic and I would be very supportive and I'd hold space and I'd be very loving. So why do I assume that others won't give me that grace in return, right? Why am I assuming that? I had a phone call the other day with a friend who never calls me. We just text, but she had really good news and I was so excited for her news and it's a really good news and she called me and I love that she shared it with me and she asked how I was doing and I wanted to hide it, but then I said, F it. You know what I mean? I'm just going to say it. And I told her and she said, oh, wow, I didn't know that was going on. If you want to talk about it, call me anytime. You know, I'm always here. Why would I have assumed that she wouldn't have given me that support and that grace, right? Because it's 40 years of conditioning and it's 40 years of hiding things and it's 40 years of me thinking that people won't be there for me. You know, I'm thinking back now to when I didn't sleep and I was a raging insomniac and the responses I would get. And please, please, you guys, please, if you can take one thing from this episode, please do not say this to an insomniac, please. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I had a couple friends who, you know, they were in their 20s. They weren't the most sensitive, empathetic people, right? They didn't know how to respond to it. I opened up to them. And I told them I was an insomniac. I was really depressed. I was really hurting. And what they said in return was, that sucks. They had no clue how to respond. They didn't know that it was, you know, more of a cry for help and I was really unloading. And after those two incidents, I really shut down. I really did. I, I think those two incidents really shut me down because it, it definitely proved what my parents had taught me, right? No one's going to care. So that was really eye-opening. So I want to go back to this idea of grace. And I looked up the definition and I kind of combined everything and made my own definition. My own definition is grace to me means simple, effortless elegance of kindness and even forgiveness when necessary. There's something about grace where it is so elegant. It is so effortless. It is so flowing. And when you describe someone as gracious, I'm not saying someone once called me gracious once. I'm saying that is their defining quality, not one of three. That is their defining quality. That is so rare. I remember writing to a colleague 
about another colleague and then the colleague wrote back and said yes I'm, I'm just gonna make up a name Jane is the most gracious woman and I said yeah that's a really good way to describe her it just flows from her she's so gracious yeah that's a really good way to describe her and I think it's such a rare quality that sometimes we don't recognize it for ourselves, meaning that we need grace, but also when we are gracious to someone else, we don't even classify it as being gracious, right? We may say other things like considerate or courteous or kind, but if you're in that simple, elegant flow, I think there is grace to it. And sorry, that's my stomach growling. I have to take another insurer. That's what I've been... (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm living, I just, now I'm saying that I live like an active senior citizen. I'm taking insure, I'm taking naps. It's like, it's ridiculous. So I decided to research Grace a little bit and I'm looking for all these articles and I come across this article about defeat and grace. I thought that was such an interesting word choice, defeat. So when you feel defeated, when you are feeling in despair, in the thick of it, in the moment, that would be me after a binge, right? Because obviously if I'm having a binge on food, I'm not happy. I'm not doing it because I'm happy. And then I've had my binge and now I'm worse. Now I've plummeted 10 stories below because now I'm feeling guilty about all the food I just ate. So then there's me right now who's desperately trying to hide this pain in my body and I'm feeling defeated when I can't. You know, in that moment, I'm like, damn it. I have to confess to the person. I have to come clean. Do I feel better after I come clean? Yes. But before that moment, there is a moment of defeat. There is a moment of despair. All of you I know are such enlightened people. Seriously, all of you. I know some of you personally. And some of you I know are coaches and you teach self-love and kindness, especially self-care all day long. And you're good at it and you, you make a huge difference with clients. I know you guys. I know you personally. But when it comes to yourself in the moment, it's different. It's absolutely different. No matter how much self-love training you have, sometimes you can be caught off guard. And you know, as you get better, obviously you won't be caught off guard. But sometimes you're caught off guard, even if you're the most spiritual, metaphysical, uh, sitting on a mountaintop all day person, you may be caught off guard. And that's what I'm talking about here is that moment. It may only last three seconds, but that moment So this article was religious, and we're not religious here. You know, we're spiritual and we're metaphysical. So I changed some wording in it to sound more spiritual and metaphysical because I love what they said, this one quote. When we refuse to accept grace from source, what we're really saying is, source, I don't need you. When we refuse to accept grace from source, what we're really saying is source, I don't need you. That stopped me in my tracks. That just something about that stopped me in my tracks because I'm saying, wait a minute, I'm denying source. 
I never deny source. I don't think I deny source, but uh, yeah, in that moment, I'm denying source. Source in that moment wants to give us grace, respite, forgiveness, surrender, peace, kindness. But here I am saying, nope, I know better than you, source. My ego knows better. So now I'm going to go down to defeat and despair. I'm just not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow that moment of peace for myself, that moment of grace for myself. And I understood that I am rejecting source in that moment. And after I heard that, I decided to change that moment. It's going to take a while, right? It's, it's not something, boom, I'm automatically going to do. But I am changing, even from last week. I'll give you a couple examples. I had to go completely off my diet. You guys know I'm eating fresh meat, fruits and vegetables. And I had to add in a lot more food because I couldn't even look at meat. I couldn't even look at vegetables. <laughs> I'm not even lying. One day where my poor husband had to go out to eat because I couldn't even smell food in the house. That's how bad it was. So I'm just doing what I can right now. You know, whatever my body is telling me that it needs, it needs. This morning, I woke up and I wanted bone broth. So at some point today, we'll have bone broth. I right now want an Ensure. Yeah, is it the healthiest thing to put in my body? If you look at the ingredients, not really, but it has all the minerals I need. And that's what I'm lacking right now, all those minerals and nutrients. So I am giving myself the grace to do that. I am just giving myself the grace. I'm having the plant-based Ensure <laughs> that I made my husband get from CVS and you know, that's what I'm doing right now. Again, I'm an active senior citizen. I'm your grandma right now. So the other thing that I'm starting to practice is telling people, not dwelling on it, not being that annoying 90-year-old who's like, oh my God, let's talk about my aches and pains for two hours. I'm not doing that. I'm not being negative because I think there's a huge difference. But I am being honest. When people ask if I'm okay, I'm just telling them now I'm not okay. I'm, I'm going through a really hard time. And that's been helpful. In fact, something that I would never normally do, I did two days ago. My dad texted me and he said, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. And I said, well, I can answer this and stress myself out and not give myself grace. Or I can let source give me grace and I can answer this. And I answered the text and I said, Dad, I'm not doing well. I said, I had the vaccine. I'm having a horrible reaction to it. I'm in horrible pain. I had to crawl to the bathroom. I was, I was that honest with him. And I, I said, I'm, I can't even look at food. And I dropped down to X weight. And my dad wrote back and wrote me the nicest response and said, you know, can we do anything for you? And by the way, they don't live anywhere near me. And they said, can you, can we do anything? Can your mom and I do anything? Let us know, you know, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. It was really kind. And then my, my brother texted me later and said, I'm sorry you're having this response. Let us know what we can do. It was nice. And they've been checking up on me, not in a neurotic way, but in a nice way, just once in the morning, once at night, making sure I'm okay. That was really helpful giving myself that grace to be honest with people, to not hide. That has been so helpful in all this. I'm just trying to find some grace in those hard moments and just remembering that, that source wants to give me grace. So my question to you is, where can you find grace in your life? Do you have a tough situation right now where you can give yourself a little grace? 
Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.